Atomic Joints Activated. Welcome back to the Goblin Stompcast. I'm Howard. Thanks for tuning in yet again. Fourth episode. Have a few listeners. Can't believe it. Having some feedback. Can't believe it. Having some interaction. Totally can't believe it. This is so much fun. Why was I not doing this months ago? Why did I only hear about Anchor like two weeks ago? This is certainly the easiest way to get a podcast going as Spike over at the Spike Pit. Colin. Spike pit. Dog. It is. It's super easy. I'm loving it. Oh, you're going to hear some noises. Um, once again, uh, I'm doing this on my phone. And today, I'm coming to you from the pawn shop. Yep, that's correct. If you didn't already know it, I am a pawnbroker. That is what I do for a living. So I am sitting here at the pawn shop, not being filmed by any television crew because that's madness. That's not real. TV's not the real world. I am definitely in the real world here in Philadelphia, here in the heart of North Philadelphia. So uh, I wanted to touch on a few things today. Uh, I have a very short list. There are definitely some messages to play. And I will get to those shortly, but uh, just to sort of line up what I wanted to talk about, really two things. Uh, One, something that I I haven't heard a lot about on uh, these podcasts from Anchor that I'm listening to and only occasionally or rarely hear about, but something I think a lot of us are doing, and that is virtual tabletop. A lot of us do not have connections close by, and we are reaching out through Twitter, through Facebook, through these podcasts, meeting people. And connecting, and we want to play. And the easiest, quickest way for us to get started is virtual tabletop or VTT. And the two, I think, main virtual tabletops are Fantasy Grounds, which I'm a huge fan of. I've been a supporter of for a long time. I've owned the full version for a very long time. It has gone through many iterations. We'll talk about that. The other thing, uh, or the other platform that gets used a lot because it is free, uh, is Roll20. I have tried to run Roll20, don't dig it, love playing in it, simple environment, pop it up anywhere as long as you have a Windows box, seems to run great, Uh, we'll talk about that. The other brief topic that I want to touch on today is uh, my love of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay version 1. I bought that hardback almost, I don't know if the day it came out, but the day that I spotted it. And uh, I just want to briefly touch on that. Colin over at the Spike Pit sort of brought that memory sort of flooding back into me. And there are still aspects of it that I use in my gaming today. And pulling things from other games into your game world, that is, I think, the norm for us OSR guys. We played in so many game worlds and played so many systems that we cannot help but pilfer things. And literature, let's not forget, uh, pilfer things. So... Before we get too deep into either of those topics, and this podcast may run a little bit longer today, uh, let's listen to a couple of messages from the last podcast, uh, both, I believe, addressing things uh, in your homebrew or in your game, uh, house rules, really, that you have, you hate, you throw them out immediately, you don't like them, they're just, chuck them, they're gone. 
Hey Howard, this is Larry with Follow Me and Die on your episode about uh, AD&D and what rules you drop. Uh, I, I agree with the max hit points at first level. Spell components, I don't get too finicky about that unless there are certain spells, you know, like I identify, I might enforce the having a pearl, uh, really large glyphs of warding, I might enforce spending some cash. Um, I guess it would depend on the spell, but yeah, you can really get bogged down in components. Another thing, weapon speed, man. We tried using that way back in the day, and oh man, that made combat take forever. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of other things, but I do kind of have a list I keep, but those would be the top. Keep it up, man. Good job. Hey, Larry. Back at you, man. I could not care about weapon speed less i remember when it first came out for 1e it was obscenely complex it slowed everything down i know that in later editions they did attempt to tweak it but i think it was so turned off right from the start that i just chucked it so that's definitely if i had a top 10 of house rules for ad and d1e that i just ignore you know i wonder if is ignoring a house is ignoring a rule a house rule i guess it is so yeah Absolutely, 100% agreeing with you there. And uh, next up, I think Colin from SpikeBit had uh, something to say about alignment languages. Hello, Howard. It's Colin Green at SpikeBit here. For some reason, I seem to have missed your uh, podcast, mate. Um, but I've caught up now. Really enjoying your episode so far, and hopefully you'll you'll stick with it. I know it's a quite a handy little way to record stuff uh you you just blast it straight on the phone so yeah i'm a big fan it sounds like you are too uh regarding house rules i don't wouldn't say this was so much a house rule of mine but a thing that i don't get and i always junk is alignment languages they just don't make any sense to me just because you've got a couple of characters that are maybe of an evil persuasion or chaotic persuasion, why would they have their own separate language? Um, it, I know it's been talked about before, but that one always gets me. So I ditch that straight off. Anyway, keep up the good work, mate, and uh, catch you later. Yeah, I agree, Colin, a thousand percent. I don't really understand alignment languages. I don't know why if I'm evil and you're evil and we're good at being evil, we would know that one another is evil, let alone that we would be able to communicate with one another on some kind of evil, like, vibe. You know, it, it, it makes no sense. And again, it was something that, uh, that they threw in. I, I am sure somebody knows the history and the reason behind it. I would be interested to hear it, but I don't think it's necessary, and it seems ridiculous that that they would throw it in. But, but maybe it's not. Maybe someone can correct me. Maybe I should put them back. Maybe we should be using them, you know. Uh, so that's it for messages. Uh, next up, let's talk a little bit about virtual tabletop. So we are here at the pawn shop, and I am sucking down uh, my gigantic uh, cold brew coffee, which I make at home. And I don't know about you, but I'm a huge coffee snob. And... Uh, and I can't really have a morning without some coffee. It's very difficult to get through those few hours and to ramp up into the day. 
I have a lot to deal with, and I got to be in the right state of mind, and I got to have the right level of energy. And, uh, you know, I tried working out, and that just didn't do it for me, and I tried uh, getting a good night's sleep, but that seems to evade me, so coffee it is. Uh, virtual tabletop. So I've been using uh, a virtual tabletop now since 2008, about 10 years, which I think is a fairly long stretch of time. And, and probably I jumped in on that or at least wanted to get started with it at about the, the time that they started to make an appearance and, and be useful. <clears throat> because, you know, there was a point in the Internet, which many of you will remember, where, you know, chatting with a group of people and running a piece of software slowed things down enough or made your computer slow down enough that it just wasn't feasible. But in, in around 2008, when Fantasy Grounds hit, cable modems were out and speeds were, were viable. Skype was functional. It was not great. It was not a great environment. But I would like to say that uh, I threw my weight behind it. Now, I did look at the alternative at the time, which was Map Tools. And I know that there are some diehard Map Tools fans out there to this day, but I want to tell you, good luck with that. Man, I mean, I, I'm not trying to shit on your virtual tabletop, but there was the learning curve was crazy. At, at the time, it seemed impossible. Uh, it seemed far too complex to implement simple things. And what Fantasy Grounds had done was they made a very simple environment, a, a great, straightforward UI, a really neat dice rolling uh, option where you would literally see physical dice on a screen, well, virtual physical dice on a screen rolling. And, and that meant a lot, and that went a long way to, to getting my dollars. And I think at the time I paid thirty nine ninety five. I got a full version. It is still in effect today. Everything has been carried over. So people have been using it for a long time. Uh, they'll know what I'm talking about. I think now they're integrated well with Steam, and so uh, you can subscribe which I guess means you can try it for a few months, and if things work out great, if not, you can, you can just stop. Um, you can also, I think, still buy licenses. I think full licenses may be a little more expensive. Now, I have not checked into it, so I don't know. If you're a 5e player or uh, you play with a rule set that they sell, but, but in particular 5th edition, I know that it can be dauntingly expensive, um, you know, for a young person especially. I mean, maybe... A regular guy has a regular job. A couple of hundred bucks is not that much to drop on it if you're going to use it all the time. I am not really a 5e player, although I have played 5e on the system. What attracted me to it initially was Castles and Crusades, which was OSR enough for me, close enough to what AD&D 1e was, that... Uh, I, I knew that I would find a, a group that I could play with. And I did. I had a, a friend initially uh, who I knew I was going to be playing with. And then we quickly found a few more friends, guys who I am, by the way, today still friends with. So uh, the message boards there were a great way to meet and still are a great way to meet and connect with a lot of cool people to game with, just like I've done on Twitter and uh, like I've done on Facebook. I've met some awesome people through social media and through this, this piece of software. So I want to put that out there, that the message boards are very interactive. The forums are great. Uh, people are super helpful. When I've had problems, I've, I've had admins get back to me very quickly. Uh, so I, I absolutely suggest you, you check it out. Go online, take a look, look at some video of people playing with it, and I think you'll, you'll see. Now, it, does, it, does it lack some things that other systems have? Yeah, of course, there's a give and take with everything. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not really here to do an, an in-depth or a super deep review of either Fantasy Grounds or 
Roll20, which I'm sure you can get visually on YouTube and, and would be better. It, you would be better suited to, to watch something like that, I think, and, and get a better idea. But I did want to say that most of the guys that I play with now uh, that I meet through Twitter or through um, social media, a lot of them are using oh, sirens. Uh, most of them will wait for them to pass. Let's wait for them to pass, shall we? It won't be the last time. So... Uh, most of them are using Roll20, and I think some of it is because of the free aspect of it. Uh, and and it's it's great. I've been a player in uh, and a, a buddy of mine, Kelly, his BX game for a long time. We have a great group. We run on Thursday nights. Uh, he's taking a bit of a break now. We'll talk about that maybe in a bit. But I was on Roll20 again last night with someone who has only casually uh, used it and run games and, and was very successful. I mean, there were things that were missing and things that, uh, you know, he wasn't. 100% up on, but as far as being on maps, showing lighting, moving the party, there was a lot of theater of mind. It, it works fine, but it's not as smooth. There are, there's not as many features. Uh, you know, the chat box handles combat, it handles chat, it handles everything. The chat box handles a ton of functions that in Fantasy Grounds uh, are otherwise sort of sectioned out into uh, pieces of UI that you can leave on the screen or remove from the screen. So uh, I don't know if you guys have tried Fantasy Grounds. I know that there's been some interest. I know that one of the things about Roll20 that people do like is that you you can... Oh, noise outside. That you can pop people's faces into boxes at the bottom of the screen. Everybody can look at each other, even though we continue to use Discord for voice because it's, a, it's cleaner. It's working a lot better. Discord uh, really is... I think at this point, my group chat software of choice. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I like the feature. I like seeing people, I guess, but I don't know that it's necessary. I don't know that I would be having any less of a good time if people weren't looking at my face and I wasn't looking at their face. Really, it, it means I have to put a shirt and pants on. And and if I'm gaming from the house, I may not want to do that. You know, it's been hot. I know, Colin, man, it's hot in England. It's hot in, in the States. It's hot. Uh, I know they said we're at the end of an ice age, but it does not feel like that. It, it's really hot. Uh, you know, I get a lot less gaming done in real life. I'm, I'm sorry to say I love being at the table. I love, you know, snacks and drinks and laughter at the table and hearing the dice clanking on the wood or the metal there's nothing better i mean virtual tabletops do not compare in that way and should not be compared to gaming in that way i think what what is right is that we sort of draw some conclusions about how useful or good uh or smooth or or immersive one virtual tabletop is with regard to another. So if you've got a favorite virtual tabletop, let me know if you guys are playing either on Roll20 or on Fantasy Grounds. I, I know that for myself, I'm pimp it out a little. I've got a, a Sunday night game that just started crawling along. I've got two players. I am absolutely looking for at least one more player on Fantasy Grounds. So if you're interested and you have used it before, you have a license. I think you can even connect with a demo to check it out, but... I'd like to drop someone in that that really feels like they're going to play. We're playing AD&D, and that's the other thing that I like. Now, with Roll20, uh, I, I have the PDFs for a lot of my OSR games, and so when we're playing, I can refer to them. And, and I can do that with Fantasy Grounds, too. Don't get me wrong. 
But there is a lot of the SRD already built into a lot of OSR rule sets that are being built. They are either built, being built, uh, or are thinking of being built for Fantasy Grounds. It has a pretty hardcore fan base. And so AD&D 1E, there are two rule sets, actually. Um, one that's built on top of the newer 5E rule set, which is great because it puts a lot of the functionality in there. The original one from uh, a fellow Charles Vodakar on, uh, on Fantasy Grounds it was great. It's phenomenal. <clears throat> it has since stopped functioning for me, and I don't know that I've reached out on the forums. I just sort of quickly switched over to the other system, which also, by the way, uh, has all the mechanics for second edition, if that's your, if that's your thang. Uh, but also, DCC has a rule set that's being worked on. I believe Basic Fantasy. I believe Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. I'm not sure which edition, maybe second. Uh, now, are all the texts there, all the monsters there, all the items there? No. No. Uh, like I said, for AD&D 1E, there are a lot of SRD manuals that have been pumped in that make uh, module creation for the DM pretty smooth. Um, I would say that uh, there is enough. There's enough meat uh, on them, their bones, to make being a DM in that rule set great. If you're just looking for some OSR, quick move in, not what... I can't recommend Castles and Crusades highly enough. It's well thought out. It's got tons of source material. And you're just dragging and dropping all over the place. You're creating the story in the story module. You're creating your NPCs and monsters in that module. They're all transferable and exportable to similar rule sets. Uh, it Again, watch some videos. So virtual tabletops, yeah, I... I I just want to throw it out there. We're using them. I think a lot of us are, are using them and not talking about them, but I, I wanted to get a conversation going about it. I thought that uh, while, again, I'd love to sit at the table with some of you guys in game, get to a con and, and, and spend, you know, 10 hours straight just running through something, time is, is fleeting, and uh, there's not a lot of it to spend, and virtual tabletop, it solves that problem. All right, so this segment uh, ran a little longer than I expected. Uh, I, I will get back to this topic if people have questions or uh, if you want to talk about it. We could, if, if you want to call and have a little back and forth about it. I noticed not a lot of guys are doing that yet. We're, we're interviewing one another, but certainly I think some crossover with, with Larry or Colin or Chuck or any of these guys would be, would be great. I would absolutely set aside time to do that. I think that'd be fun. So... Uh, Virtual tabletops, do you use them? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Give me some feedback. I'll talk to you guys in a few minutes about my love of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, first edition. All right, and last up for today from the pawn shop is going to be Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, first edition. Now, I, I could spend an entire podcast just talking about this, how I've used it over the years and how I love it. Uh, it's... Probably, I want to say it had a huge impact on me in a number of ways. One, I had not really been presented with a game world that was this this dark before. I had read a lot of literature up to this point that had presented me with some pretty grim spaces. But this was the first game that I feel like really embraced it uh, in its artwork and, and in its system, I mean, any, 
any system if played tightly at lower levels, there's a lot of character death, and, and this system was no different. Um, it handles combat with a percentile, so very different from the D20 uh, management system, and it handled armor and hit locations in a way that it was giving you like a lot of detail about what was happening during combat. But beyond that, the battle between chaos and law, which from my reading of Moorcock, you know, and, and even Zelazny, that really had a huge grip on me. And then some of the character classes, the way that some of the uh, demi-human races were, uh, were presented, the dwarves uh, and the elves, really just spectacular, the halflings. The artwork really dragged me in. And uh, after I bought that first, uh, you know, I guess it was a player's handbook and DM guide, sort of all in one, it wasn't long until I was rushing back to the store to see what else was on the shelf. Death on the Reich was what we played through. I remember when the Middenheim City book came out. That was huge. The introduction of creatures, which to this day I absolutely still use in almost every game. Skaven are almost always a part of any game that I play. A lot of uh, AD&D players, they think they're were rats right off the bat. And it's great to introduce people who, who have never seen them before or reintroduce people who had played uh, briefly. There's really nothing that uh, it brings a smile to my DM face as much as, you know, f- someone finally going, oh, Skaven, or oh, yeah, Skaven. Um, the introduction of chaos and the warpstone factor, the things that could very quickly make you, you know, twist into something chaotic without your really intending for that to happen and always having to be on the, the lookout for that. It really uh, reminded me heavily of how sanity was such a fleeting thing in A Call of Cthulhu. So it had all these great elements from other games, and then it had its own really superior, what I felt was like at the time a superior vibe for what I was looking to get out of my game world. And so ultimately what I think I I really, it it boiled down to for me after I played a few years with it on and off was that it was better to integrate those things into my AD&D game, which I just think was ultimately more popular among my players uh, and people that I played with than to try to get them to flip over and and play my Warhammer fantasy role-play game, which not everybody had source material for, which not everybody was familiar with system-wise. I think ultimately when I spent time building my own game, which I think we've all done at some point, we've either thought about it or we've started or we've completed or we've done more than one, um, there were definitely elements like hit location that, that I felt like, you know, were important. I don't worry so much about it now unless somebody rolls a crit and I really want to be specific about the the gory details. Uh, You know, it doesn't really play much of a part. But it's always with me, and it is in my game world now on on some level. I think at the very least, the Skaven almost always make an appearance. So if you're playing with me and I'm running the game and you see a creature that's like a big rat on two feet, don't assume it's a were-rat. You're probably wrong. Uh, Colin, I'd love to hear more about the, the time that you've spent with it and, and anybody else who has 
who is listening, who has spent time playing, or has fond memories of that system or that artwork. And I, I really wish I had more information at my fingertips right now. I'm not in a space where I can really do it. I'm sort of trying to get the store open and, uh, and make the day start. It's about 9.15 a.m. here in the east. And at 9.30, the doors will open. It is Friday, and people will want to free their locked-up goods and wear it for the weekend. Uh, I don't know what you know about the pawn business or how interested you are in it, but certainly there's, that's, a, that's a podcast all, all on its own. Uh, you know, so feel free to ask me questions about it. I'm pretty open about what happens here. It, it feels like a secret business, but uh, it's not. I have some posts about it uh, on the blog at goblinstomper.blogspot.com. So uh, they're, they're pretty easy to, to find. If you just type pawn into the search box there on Blogger, you'll find it. All right, guys, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, I would just like to give a quick shout-out to, uh, to my axe man, Brian, uh, Follow Me and Die podcast, who, or no, Mixed GM, not Follow Me and Die, that's Larry. My God, there are so many, and I have had so much coffee that I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's got to come to an end quickly. Brian, from the Mixed GM podcast here on anchor and i'm sure you can get it everywhere check it out he ran for us our first axe game last night that's uh you know ventures conquer adventure conquer king system which i'll be honest with you we other than creating a character we didn't get too deeply into system mechanics because the role play was fast furious and fun and uh Right now, I don't know. It was such a good game. I might have to run out and buy a pair of socks and slide on my sandals and get ready for next week. I don't don't know what to do with myself. Um, It it was a good game. We really had a nice time uh, at Mephrodis and, uh, you know, Ungainly Swordsman back on Twitter. I don't know if you're checking this out, but I had a blast, Daniel. Uh, I I don't want to get into some of the gory details that made us laugh deeply because they are highly politically incorrect. Um, for you know, public broadcasts like this, but but they were fun. So uh, check out the game; it's it's interesting. I don't know that I would adopt it necessarily over um, AD and D or another OSR system. I don't know that the changes that they made make things that much better. But I'd like to hear your take on it. Um, I can't wait to play again next week, and I hope Kelly, you can join us. So uh, that's it. Now I'm talking to specific people. I'm talking to everybody. It's getting weird i got to drink more coffee, and I've got to get this day rolling here at the Pawn Shop. So from the Pawn Shop, it's Howard, the Goblin Stomper on Twitter, thegoblinstomper.blogspot.com, blog on Blogger. I don't know. I don't have a website. There's probably a Facebook page. There's a Facebook page. Check me out at all those places. Have a great day. Enjoy your gaming this weekend if you have any. If not, pop on to Roll20. Pop on to... uh, to Fantasy Grounds on the forums. I'm sure you can download a demo version and find a pickup game. Check it out. Game on, guys. Take it easy.